On this episode of the Packet of Pod, we talk about a rough Sunday out in L.A. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, let's go Pack. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey. Hello. (laughs) So we'll start with this. Is um, Matt LaFleur's time as Packers head coach coming to an end? (laughs) Yeah, I think we've seen the end of it. After that performance, how do you recover? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the end. It's the end. This team is a fraud they're never going to compete again matt lafleur doesn't know what he's doing it his coach it's uh, it's done so good news is we're going to get our nights back from recording uh because the it's the season's pretty much done so uh let's let's i guess start with this offense who we were so high on for about four straight weeks absolutely dismantling teams even though they weren't healthy new play schemes Everybody's stepping up, and then everything disappeared this game. Where would we like to put blame? What do we want to just talk about? At the local San Diego dispensary. <laughs> oh, hey. hey we're, not, we have, we're not talking about the defense yet. We're not talking about the defense yet. It's just like we didn't show up. I, you know, it, It's almost humiliating to go into a breakdown of like, the analysis of play call and the defense that the chargers were playing it was just a lifeless performance i i don't understand what happened in our first two drives you know foos you've been preaching it uh you know for a while how great we have been in those first two drives of every game and this this time we had penalties out the wazoo false start penalties Mm. Uh, I think three in the first two drives, uh, second and shorts turned into second and longs because of all that. And what is it with our offensive line jumping off when a defense just flinches, thinking that they're going to get the call? Like, that's not they can get back. Like, don't they realize like that that is a thing? Like, I don't get why they keep mm-hmm. doing it. And it just threw us off from the very get go that threw off Lafleur. You know, because he was not in his play calling what he thought was going to be third and short turned into third and 15 or third and 10, you know, and then he's got to scramble to get a different play. And you could just tell it just they never got in a rhythm at all. Bakhtiari's penalty count this season is has got to be addressed internally, like just something is off there. And the the worst part is that Bulaga all of a sudden just put together a dud of a performance. And we talked going in that Ingram and Bosa were going to be hard to stop, but Bulaga has been the tackle that hasn't allowed any pass rushes, uh, any sacks, I should say the entire year. And then all of a sudden they were just destroying them and they weren't giving them any help. So even the game plan wasn't, you know, adjusting to the pass rush that they were seeing. They put Ingram and Bosa on the same side and Lindsay didn't even help out. So you were left with, two elite pass rushers on a guard and tackle one-on-one and it, and we were exposed the entire game and yet we didn't see tight ends come over and start chipping or the line shifting t- 
towards the two best pass rushers, even though the D tackles were backups for the Chargers. Just none of it made sense. I, I had made the, the hope, I guess, in the prediction phase of our preview pod that the offensive line would need to be the MVP of this game. I think about five minutes in, I already uh, put it down as a no uh, because it's just every single person had a rough game. Jenkins, who's been absolutely amazing, was still getting false starts. And like you were saying, Balaga, I think the th- part that was really scary was he was giving Bosa the inside. Like, there were lanes about four feet wide where if Bosa made any kind of yeah. movement to the inside, he had it. And it's just it's scary to me that somebody of that veteran status doesn't go, hey, my quarterback's right there. Let me give him the complete inside edge to him. It was it was not it was just I, I want to say that San Diego, their pass rush, particularly those two guys played amazing, no doubt about it. But I can't help but think that our offensive line made them look so much better than they actually were. You both bring up great points. And, you know, I just don't get why they didn't do max protection. You know, you saw it early. Everyone saw it early. We had an issue, the pass rush. And yet we still continue to pass it out. He still, he still, it looked like they were playing backyard football like here go run around i'll try to get it to you it, it looked like they didn't have any uh scripted plays a couple scripted plays that they did have were on third and long and they normally came up short um it, it just looked like everybody forgot what we were doing for the whole month of october i mean it really yeah. did <laughs> we didn't cross the 50 yard line until five and a half minutes left and as soon as we crossed five and a half minutes left in the second quarter excuse me and as soon as we did cross the 50 yard line it was something like penalty, incomplete pass, and then a punt. Like we went, we got to the 48 and then shut it down. And it, so we're talking about the go run a route and I'll try to get it to you. I mean, we're talking Devontae Adams at that point, right? I love the guy. He's a top five receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. It's great to have him back. But we we talked about live during the game. We said we thought he'd be a part of the offense, not the entire offense. The 11 targets to Devontae Adams when the offense wasn't moving the ball in the first place. It just it, none of it fit, and it, it's not like that was his first game this season with this offense. That was, I think, the most painful thing. And out of everything beyond the Packers fans, who are the greatest fans in the world, just going ape on uh, Twitter afterwards, I think the most disappointing thing was just our offensive play calling. That how you can target Devonte for a third, a third of the passing plays, even though we've had the perfect script this entire four-week stretch that I was so excited about everybody being involved. Now it's not Devontae do everything. It's he's the cherry on top of this offense. We now have a threat. Use the running backs. Use the tight ends as this nice escape valve. And none of that was happening. And I want to say that the 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 uh, running backs were targeted somewhere around 10 times. But I have a feeling that a bulk of those were probably in the last 10 minutes of the game when we went into that hurry-up offense, which I'm surprised it took so long to get in that. If you have pass rush coming after you and coming after you, what do you do? Pick up the tempo, pick up the pace, get those little yards when you can. I I hated, I absolutely hated the play calling of this game from beginning until that touchdown drive. I hated every single part of it. But I know that we joke a lot about Lazard. And we're putting a lot of like <laughs> putting a lot of weight on him. <laughs> Can we admit how consistent he is, though? 
Like yeah. since he has come into that one game and kind of taken over, he has legitimately been probably the most consistent receiver on this entire team. And it's it's crazy to me that he only had four targets. That all right, if we're gonna start focusing on somebody, let's focus on the guy that's had that really, really hot hands. Yeah, he runs amazing routes. But I mean, I, I said it last week too. It it is actually quite surprising to see that he's doing so well. I mean, he's literally getting open on one on one, getting open on very simple routes and catching the ball. Um, I mean, it, it's very fun to see a guy who didn't make the team, uh, you know, succeeding with Aaron Rodgers and really trying to thrive in the, in the spotlight. I wanted to say that this was the guy that Ryan and I made fun of Josh for saying that he's going to be better than we all said he might be better than Geronimo and Josh said he's going to be better than MVS. But I think that might have actually been Ryan Grant where you're saying he could be our number two. Uh, but I do think it's something that you have to contend with right now. I know MVS is dealing with some some injuries, but from a pure snap count and the athleticism that we're seeing and the consistency uh, in all facets of the game, Lazard's been super impressive, and it feels like he's building on that every week. You know, the offense was just garbage this week, but it still looks like Lazard is building on past week's performances. Yeah, he's he's at about I think eighty five percent target rate, or in terms of catches per target. Like it's it's one of those that it's working. Uh, it's just so frustrating that this offense was so good, and they made no adjustments. They kept going to the same plays. The amount of times where I just wish Rodgers would have stepped up in the pocket, it just it felt like we were dealing with all these kind of things we were dealing with early in the year of just going, how are we not seeing this? How are we not making the you know plays that we should be making? It was just so frustrating on so many different levels for the offense. It was a totally different feel than what we felt in the Eagles game, which was yes. we're right there and we just shot ourselves in the foot. This game was just staring at the TV in disbelief like, what? What what are we doing? Wake up. <laughs> yeah, and you from the players' reactions you can you can see that they are feeling the same way. You know, that they're like, Yeah, we weren't ready, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the honest opinion from everyone in the locker room. So that's a little scary, uh, that that happened and no one saw this coming. Um, but at least it's happening now in the season, yeah, right? And it, you know, hopefully a big wake up call for our offense. Yeah, and it was to fall to seven and two, not to you know four and five or something. Mm-hmm. That could be a little more drastic in the playoff race. So we're still in great shape. The two losses sting, um, but it's still been a, a nice stretch. And I think we have a chance next week to just sort of right the ship and then get into a bye week and get ready for a huge showdown against the Niners. So let's switch over to the defense, which uh, was also getting a lot of heat of. What happens when they break and they they can't bend and keep bending and keep bending? But they did this game. It's, <laughs> if if you mm-hmm. take you take away, I believe Tony Brown also was the dual penalties on the the kickoff, which another game where you're just like, are we serious, Brown? Three three penalties because that cost four points. It did change the game. I don't think that the Packers would have came back. But the fact that the matter is, if you would have came into this game and said, look. The Packers are going to give up somewhere around 22 points. I would have put a lot of money down that we would have this, no doubt about it. They gave up yards like they always do. They didn't quite get the turnovers, but they did get some pressure on Rivers here and there. Uh, Believe it or not, the Smiths, again, doing everything. Kenny Clark is an absolute no-show. Blake Martinez is just getting run over. The secondary 
which if we're going to talk about play calling, I always feel like we give this wonderful 12 yard buffer when they only need four yards. Like it's, it, it's just a lot of confusion. It is what we should expect out of this defense, but what are your guys' thoughts on it? I didn't understand the soft coverage. I mean, we made Philip Rivers look great. Uh, we came into the week saying he's going to make some errant throws. He's probably going to look uh, just totally disheveled from at least the forward, and that's where we need to get our turnovers. That's where we need to turn the game. Um, that never happened, and he had a couple throwaways that he left within the field of play where, you know, if we had a guy floating in that spot, you know, that would have been our chance, but we weren't even really getting close to interceptions, made a couple sacks that saved us. Uh, but the pass coverage confused me, and the the sacks bailed us out because going into a couple minutes left at the end of the second quarter, it was still just a nine nothing game. And with with Aaron Rodgers, you're like, we got this. We'll come back in the third, and we got this. Um, so the the defense held on for dear life, uh, but it it wasn't impressive. They weren't aggressive enough for my liking. Yeah, uh, right there with you. You know, I, I it's hard. It's hard to blame the defense on this one because going into halftime, we were only down nine to nothing, right? It was easily could have been 21, if not more to nothing. And so the, I, I feel like they did their job by keeping us in the game. You know, we only lost 26 to 11, but we got our asses handed to us. Right. And the biggest factor in that is the time of possession. I mean, we were outgained by almost 12 minutes in time of possession. I mean, that's almost a full quarter, for goodness sake. I mean, any defense that's on that long, you, you don't stand a chance in the game. And, and Foose, you said it right. Blake Martinez was getting run over in this game. It looks like he doesn't have anything left in him. I mean, he got a lot of tackles. He was there, but mm-hmm. he was just getting run over. Yeah, and I, I think that's just so tough. Because the entire first half, the defense is on the field. So, again, it, it goes back to a lot of other games we talked about, especially heading into that fourth quarter. I, I don't think he's the answer, and he's not the superhero like uh, like a Luke Keekly would be. He is no help, and he's playing every snap, and they're out there forever. It's just not a good situation. He's dealing with a club hand. It's just it's it's not great, but... It comes back to, you know, Kenny Clark in front of him was non-existent. I don't remember seeing Kenny Clark at all. I don't remember even saying his name on the broadcast. It's just that middle of this defense is just so sad to watch because you see the pressure and you see what our secondary can do. And it's just like this gaping hole that, frankly, I'm surprised that we're in week nine and we haven't had that game where somehow the opponents have completely just gone after us and just run every play up the middle knowing that we can't stop it but yeah it needs to change it needs to change fast between gordon and eckler they had 32 carries split between the two of them and it was a healthy rush average i think it would have broken down between the two to you know high fours per carry um but josh brought up time of possession and the defense just being out there too long but between those 32 carries from their top two running backs and then uh, that helped Philip Rivers go 75% with his completion percentage. This was the first time, it's an oddball stat, but this is the first time I've gone in to watch a condensed version of the game on NFL Game Pass. And normally those games run about 38 minutes to 45 minutes. And this game was 29 and a half minutes. That's how fast it ran. And that's also why we felt so disgusted with the offense was we were just never out on the field. The Chargers offense just methodically moved the ball on us. And even though we held them to field goals, it was just painful to watch. 
Uh, I don't understand, Josh. Did did you get much of a look on those Mike Williams crossing routes, though? How did he get so wide open on those? Uh, well, the the one that got him the long, uh, put him in range right after we scored. Uh, that one was uh, strictly the safety biting on the crossing route. And then Jair just lost the ball. That's another thing I want to talk about. It seemed like our players were losing the the ball in the light. Like when they would look mm-hmm. up into the sun, it, it, uh, uh, I think a Lazard lost one, MBS lost one. But yeah, but back to Jair, <clears throat> he 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 just didn't break on it. I, I you, you were looking at that ball in the air when it was thrown to Mike, Mike Williams saying, oh, Jair's going to you know make a play on that, possibly pick it off because it's so high in the air. No, he just watches it fall right into his hands and then makes a tackle. I, I didn't get how our corners were playing. I thought they could make those type of plays and break mm-hmm. on the ball when it's a high floater. Um, it's not like a laser right to him, but – I didn't get the coverage at all. Like you guys are saying, it was way too soft. We should have been punching him in the mouth. They're, they were great talent. We all knew they had the talent, um, and we just didn't respect them, I think. I, I honestly think that. Yeah, and Rogers' comments almost make it sound like that. Like they just weren't mentally prepared. They were taking this as a sunny weather vacation, and they forgot to play a football game. And, you know, we got a week to make it right against the Panthers and then a big showdown, and I'm going to be holding my breath next week because you never know what you're going to get when you play the Panthers. And right now, I don't know what you're going to get when the Packers show up either. Yeah. Hey, I did want to bring up how – what about our special teams? There's a couple positives. Oh, no. A couple positives. Oh, no. Blocked punt. Blocked um, punt. Well, not the negatives. I'm talking about the positives. <laughs> We, we can't have, do that. We have one a, good return. A better returner, yeah. One yeah. returner, and Mason Crosby <laughs> still has a hell of a leg. Hell and yeah. Punt. <laughs> oh, my And there's Lord. some crazy stat that any game you give up a blocked punt, you lose like 95% of them. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, if you give up a blocked punt, the odds of winning are drastically reduced. Oof. Yeah, I think just wrapping up this game, I'm I, the the Chargers played well, but I, there's no part of this game where I thought, wow, this is special. I mean, we had talked about the offensive coordinator being new, what kind of new tricks. Defense, I mean, there was nothing special about this Chargers team. They just hit on everything they needed to, and the Packers didn't. And it, it, like you mentioned with the short time, there is never a game you watch where you go, wow, that went really quick, that you were actually a fan of that game. You know what I mean? Like, it's always a bad game when you realize that time is flying by. Uh, but you mentioned it before. We're heading now back home to face the Carolina pa- Panthers. And I, I I worry. I worry about this because they have a running back. Uh they have a defense that can hold them in there. Uh, right now, Vegas actually has the Packers as a five-point favorite, which wow, why was yeah? Mm. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm yeah. betting against us right uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if they think it's going to be a wake-up call, similar to the Eagles, where they can come back home. I don't know if they thought this is possibly the worst the Packers could play, but it is currently a five-point advantage for the Packers. Yeah, well, uh, we'll take hold, the good vibes. Hold your breath every time McCaffrey <laughs> touches the ball. Amen. But that will do it for this episode. We'll catch you later this week to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Thanks, everybody. Go Pack Go!